Let's get chilly. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Windchill Talk, the official, unofficial Minnesota Windchill, Minnesota Ultimate Podcast. Um, I am Jeff. I'm Jay. And I'm Kane. And tonight we are joined by Abe Coffin. Abe, how's it going? Great. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're super pumped to have you on. I think it's going to be a good interview. Um, got a lot of great questions here. Um, so, Abe, normally what we do to start these um, podcasts is we play a little game called Stall 7. And so basically the point of the game is like little trivia questions and you have seven seconds to to answer the question. Um, so okay. <laughs> so I, got, I got a question to kick it off and I'll direct this one to you, Abe. Um, so in... So obviously we know that in 2022, there was the all-star game held in Portland. Uh, your question then is in 2019, there was an all-star game. Where was the 2019 game held? Madison. Nice. Yep. That's right. <laughs> he got that immediately. All right. Yeah. He knew that yeah. one. <laughs> All right. I have a uh, question for Jeff. So earlier today, it was announced that Pollyannis is going to be leaving the Chicago union. Uh, the AUDL shared a statistic with us that was a big shock to me. How many seasons in a row did Pollyannis make the all AUDL team? Oh, I think it was three. He said a league record. With, uh, with we might have, did we lose Kane? Uh, we might have lost. Yeah. All right. We lost him. All right. Well, if he gets back on. I think it was three. I don't know if anyone else has that answer, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's actually five. Five. Oh, geez. But, yeah. Um. Well, Abe, before King gets back, I got another stall seven question for you. Um, All right. In this last MVP game, you had a very impressive record where you completed every single one of your passes. You know, all of them were completed throws at 100% completion rate was how many passes did you throw in that game? I think it was 32, 32. Yeah, 32. Jeez. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> that's impressive. I don't know if I actually knew that stat. Dang. <laughs> I got, I mean, yeah, I got bailed out by a couple of jump balls that uh, <laughs> shouldn't have been completed, but they were. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's why it's the all-star game, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, right. welcome so, back. <laughs> yeah, I had a little bit of technical issues there. Did we answer my trivia question? Um, I said three, and I think Jay corrected me, but... Yeah, it's five, actually. Yeah, okay. Five years in a row, he made the all-AUDL team. Wow, that's pretty sweet. Any other stall sevens before we get into the interview questions? No. All right. All right, Abe. Well, like I said, we're just going to kind of get to know you. want to hear more about your season and, and the All-Star game and all sorts of fun stuff. So um, I guess to, just the start, it's it's January 2nd, kind of a fun question to start. Do you have any um, New Year's resolutions you're going to try to kick off this year? Or? Um, it was a little, uh, not really as far as like, changing anything that I'm doing it's more just being more intentional on the things I've kind of done uh where it comes to either uh focusing my time on coaching or 
ultimate playing, uh, working out, uh, and spending a little bit more uh, focused when I'm doing those things um, and giving a little bit more time to those. Nice. You're you're pretty involved with, I mean, ultimate in a lot of different facets, right? Like you said, you coach. Do you you play for a club team too? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I coach the Arkansas women's team, um, the University of Arkansas, um, and been doing that for about a year now. Um, and then recently finished up the club season with Chicago Machine, uh, just this past season. So if you're coaching in Arkansas, playing professional Minnesota and club in Chicago, where are you permanently located where you can make it to all those? That seems like quite a lot of traveling you have to do. Yeah, uh, I live in Fayetteville, Arkansas, so most uh, I'm able to be local for uh, the college team. And then uh, the seasons are kind of split up now to where – college kind of ends right as a lot of ADL games are picking up. Not, I, it's kind of overlapping on like preseason mini camps. Um, so there's a couple like regular season college tournaments that I might have to miss for windchill practices that I have to travel up to. Um, but then with kind of how this past season where club was a little bit, uh, later in the year, uh, we there were, we kind of worked it out to where I could make uh, a couple things after the AADL season ended right. for our club. That's awesome! Sounds like a full year. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So every weekend, I guess at least during the summer, but but even during for club season two, do you? commute like every weekend for every game for Minnesota or yeah yeah I do wow. <laughs> um yeah it's basically uh weekends are are traveling and uh there can be times where it's maybe six weekends weekends in a row that I'm either out of town or uh for games or practices and whatnot hmm. I like I like those commutes. Are you like are you driving? Do you fly? How do you how do you get around? Uh, it's mostly flights. Um, I did a couple of road trips for I think I did one one road trip for Windchill, uh, but everything else was flying. Hmm. Um. Okay, so when you're not playing or coaching ultimate or anything like that, what's like on a on a bye weekend, if you're kind of rarely not commuting, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, mostly, uh, the the biggest thing is mostly catching up on house chores. But uh, I mean, I kind of just uh, take time to uh, either like get everything ready for the week, or um, I, I really enjoy cooking. So and then so I kind of just like do. Mostly anything I can to make something new that I'm not able to do on weekends where I'm traveling for ultimate. Nice. What awesome. do you... you cook for the team ever? <laughs> uh, no, not I haven't yet. 
what what would you cook if if you cooked for the team? What's like your go to? Uh, I mean, it would be something more baked good. So it'd be either uh, bread, something bread related, um, maybe just a regular uh, whole wheat bread um, that has a overnight starter, not nothing complicated. Nice. I'd like to see a Minnesota windshield bake sale. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Yeah. Um, so you said, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You learned out in Arkansas, you know, uh, warmer there than it is here. So you, <laughs> you ever in Minnesota in the winter? And how do you, how do you feel about Minnesota winters? Uh, I don't, I don't particularly like, uh, it being cold. So that's, that's a, huge negative of Minnesota winners. Uh, but I, I've been used to them. Like I, so my family or on my mom's side is from there. Um, and, uh, so we, my family would travel up there during Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, uh, there every almost every year when I was growing up and I mean we just kind of got used to winners up there um but it's definitely a it's definitely a shock getting off getting off flights to uh below freezing temperatures when you're coming from Arkansas and it's today it was 70 degrees that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, it is beautiful. Not up here, man. That's... <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I'd like to um, shift a little bit to the 2022 windshield season, if that's all right. Um, yeah. So generally, you have been more of an offensive aligned player, right? Mm-hmm. Is that pretty fair? Um, yeah, yeah. So as you were mostly used as defense uh, with the windshield, what was that? What was that shift like? Did you have to kind of learn the game in a different way, or did you kind of approach it similarly? Or what was it like playing for the D line? Uh, I usually approached it a little bit more loosely, like so I could take a little bit riskier shots because offenses don't really want to play defense uh, on a turn, and so when we would get turnovers or blocks, uh, that was kind of where I was on offense. I would intentionally play a little, little bit more conservatively. Um, while defensively it's more uh, as, as far as defense on the offensive side, uh, can play a little bit more loose and turnovers are kind of okay. Uh, I think I just had to watch more. <laughs> I had to watch more o- offenses film studies than actual defensive film studies was the was the biggest change, mm-hmm. which wasn't wasn't hard. It was just figuring out which matchups I had to had to look at, um, kind of what structure of the offense they had to run, uh, kind of, and so on. I bet the uh, the switch, changing your play style, 
was that fun for you? Like, did you have more fun on D-line this year? Or do you think you want to see yourself back in more of an O-line position in the 2023 season? I mean, I had fun regardless of where I was kind of filled in. Um, I mean, I had fun on D-line, but I, I think I had as much fun on O-line. So I think I'm going to leave that to the coaches to sure. uh, figure out where where they need to put me uh, to in order for the team to succeed. Yeah. So, you know, you're on defense. You're doing fantastic things for Minnesota on defense. Um, I was checking out your player profile not too long ago, and it says it says that you're only five eight. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably just a little bit over five eight, but not. I'm I'm short. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, watching you play, some of your jumps, some of your plays, it's – you – I don't know. I doesn't, you can't doesn't tell. feel like you're 5'8". Yeah. <laughs> you definitely have a 6'2 presence on the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's very that's very kind. <laughs> um, but just, you know, talk about that. How do you feel against, you know, some of your matchups against some of these taller players, you know? Because, you know, Chicago has a taller team. New York has a taller team. Like, there are some pretty big guys out there, and especially on defense, you know. How do you feel again about some of those matchups and does it ever change the way you play? Um, I'd say that actually the really only tall the tallest matchup I really had was Keegan North of Indy. Um because trying to think of like who else would be I mean six feet or above because Pavel wasn't. Uh Kyle Rutledge, I might be a, might be six feet, probably not. Um, yeah, I didn't really have to have too many matchups where I was guarding somebody that was just four or five inches taller than me. It was it was really handlers for the most part, and then yeah, Keegan was definitely the taller guy, but. They all kind of play pretty similar, similar to being around the disc instead of downfield and having to uh, focus on either uh, skying each other or uh, make a play in the air. Interesting. You know, it's a little thing. You don't really think about that much. Yeah. I'm under the impression that the taller you are in any sport, the more likely you are to succeed. And just so... I mean, when I found out that you're the same height as I am, because you know, we're all short guys on this podcast. None of us are above, what, 5'9 on a good day. So to hear like the success you've been having in a competitive league where you know you see the all-stars like Ben Yacht, who's taller than I'll even dream of being. So it's, it's cool to see yeah. that there can be success in, in this sport where you don't have to be you know 6'2 and above. Yeah, I think it's – I think slowly it's – put pushing to some of the six, six, one, six, two hybrid guys. But uh, yeah, I think there's still definitely a spot for small, quick handlers. Abe, so you came up from the Dallas Legion in after a couple of years of playing with them, and then you went played against them with the Winchell in 2022. What was that like kind of returning to your, to your old team to play against them? 
Uh, well, uh, I never did actually. Next. Uh, but I is basically very similar. Um, uh, there some some ownership was still the same, and then uh, some of the players were still the same. So it was it was a little uh, fun to get to see them, see all of them, and play against them instead of being on the same sideline uh, as them. Uh, get heard a little chirping from them from time to time throughout the game, uh, which was fine. But um, I mean, overall, it was. It was a good experience, and I mean, I think it would have been tougher if we lost that game because uh, we kind of kind of struggled and made it closer than I think we really wanted it to be. For sure. So since coming to the Central Division, you're obviously facing a whole new host of teams than you were in the South Division. Are there any matchups that you really enjoy, like, team-wise or player-wise that you are excited to go up against in the coming season? Um, well, Pavel's gone, so he was fun to play match up against. Um, not really sure. I, I haven't seen Timet like a ton of signings yet for the 2023 season. Um, so I really can't I just really don't know yet of like who I'd be excited to play against. Um I mean always Chicago and Indy are as of right now still the two that are the biggest contenders in the division in my mind. So it's those two teams are the ones we need to try to are the most exciting in my viewpoint. That makes sense. What about, I will kind of go into the all-star game a little bit um, more, but when you, when you got sent to the all-star game, was there anyone you were like particularly excited to share the field with either on the same team or playing against, you know, that maybe you haven't before or, or got to reunite with, I guess. Um, I was excited to play with a lot of the East guys uh like yacht and marquez and ryan uh they're all super talented from new york um i mean it was just all of those east guys were good it's just gotten a lot of fun to play with them yeah they are they have just been stacked and then you got to play against them at the halftime game right at the um Yep. At Vikings, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. <laughs> we we asked Will Brandt, he was on a couple weeks ago, but I guess I want to hear from you what you thought it was like playing in front of that kind of crowd. Uh I mean, personally for me, I was felt like a kid out there because <laughs> I it was in front of uh, sixty thousand people that all root for the Vikings and I'm a huge Vikings fan. So it's just like, this is awesome. Nice. Well, we don't have to bring up the, the tough loss of against the Packers. Then <laughs> <laughs> we can uh, yeah. keep was... that under wraps. Yeah. Sure. We're still number one in the NFC. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm sitting here. I'm gonna correct myself before everyone DMs us and says that we're not number yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Abe, what was like your favorite moment of 2022 in Ultimate, and it can be winter related or otherwise. Oh. Uh. I haven't really thought about that. I mean, it was mostly just doing a lot of new or just taking a lot of new opportunities. Um, I had kind of been playing for uh, Roughnecks and uh, in AEDL and then Double Wide in the USA Ultimate Club Division and uh, jumped jump to two different, totally different teams. And that was, I mean, it was kind of a big risk or just a risk on my part because I had so many friendships with Roughnecks and Double Wide guys that like, it was just a tough decision to make. Um, and I think I enjoyed every minute of all the all of the decisions I had to make to play Minnesota Windchill and Chicago Machine. I was gonna, I'll say as kind of you know I, we're all fans of the Windchill and it, it's been so much fun kind of seeing you like change the game at least a little bit. Um, like we kind of said, you know, like an offensive player coming to defense and just making these big plays, and it's. I feel like there's just a different energy um, on the team and in the stands. And I think there's a lot of factors that go into it, but I think part of it has been, you know, your talents and the chemistry and even coming up with, with Sam Ward and just this different kind of chemistry. Um, what's uh, I guess my question then is what brought you to the wind chill for 2023? You know, they just kind of announced that you're coming back to the roster. Um, was there anything in particular that that swayed you back to sign again? Uh, so I think um, a little bit was uh, kind of we didn't finish what we had, our goal was, which was to try to be at championship weekend and then ultimately win a championship. Um, and then uh, – I kind of have my own rule of trying to uh, not be a one and done player with kind of any team I play for. The only time I've really done that was back in 2016 with Madison Radicals. Um, and I, I want to keep that going. And so I really enjoyed my time on the windchill. So I wanted to, do it again for another year. Nice. That's a, that's a good answer. <laughs> um, I guess I kind of want to hear more about the all-star game. We kind of touched on it a little bit, but like what was a generic, generic question? What was it like? <laughs> um, it was, it was pretty fast paced. Uh, like we just, we're kind of just alternating lines because we only had like 15 per team. 
Um, so after one one line got either scored or got scored on, the other line was just running out right out onto the field, and that could have been either a minute or ten seconds as far as how the pace of the game went. Um, I think everyone was kind of still trying to figure out the rules early on, but once everyone kind of started figuring out what the, especially the two pointer, it just kind of got a little bit out of control. So <laughs> I, it was, it was fun until there was a, there was a point where we kind of knew what the goal of the two pointer was and just kept on repeating it over and over. It, it was a high scoring game. Wasn't it what? 42 to 24 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy numbers. I don't think I've ever seen an ultimate game <laughs> with that many points. And like you, you mentioned the two point rule. Do you think yeah. that in the future there has a viable chance of being added to like the AUDL as a whole? And more of a personal question, do you want it to be added as a rule? Um I'd say probably no to both of those and the way it was structured for that game. Um, it just, it made the, it made it just kind of too easy, uh, with just the personnel you have. And, um, I don't think, I think it's just going to show how good teams are if you allow them to have that rule throughout an entire game. I heard somebody describe basically it's just like the rich getting richer. Like it's yeah for yeah. teams who are going to win, you don't need the two point rule. <laughs> yeah, you really don't. So what about the other rules? I guess what did you like basically any of those rule changes? Do you see the future for any of them? I think stall five needs to be seen in an actual game with true defense because uh, it was it didn't really come into huge effect um, because I mean we just weren't really playing that that much yeah. defense um, the moving up the pool I think can work um, maybe not all the way up to the brick line but I think um moving it up just helps defenses push pin teams back instead of teams really getting kind of a head start um with a lot of the pulls um usually it's like 10 to 20 yards of free space especially mm -hmm. if it's going up when you're getting you're really only going to just either at most 10 yards past that field. Um, let's see. The half court rule was probably the one I liked the most because it gave each team an ability to set a wrinkle of new defensive strategy. It helps defenses kind of pin people to a corner or uh just play just play a different way to where offenses just can't move all the way uh all across the field uh just to eat up 
clock. I yeah. think that's that's kind of where they were wanting to go with that. So the the pull rule to bring up the pull to the brick line. I think that's super interesting, especially within the context of this podcast. Um you, you see where we're going with this. <laughs> everybody yeah, knows yeah, everybody yeah, knows yeah. Abe Coffin for his pulls. Um and and actually Tucker Hoffman was on the pod a couple weeks ago and he described it that rule as an equalizer in, in kind of a bad way though. Basically, like that's a specialty. Like that's a, that's like special teams on in football. Do you agree or like do you think that rule is is too much of an equalizer? I agree in a, in some sense, but I think teams I think a lot of teams feel terribly um, and you can look at some of the just you can just look at some game clips of how teams feel with goals, which kind of poor in my view. Um, and I think moving it up if you have to have some form of control if because you're just gonna throw it way out the back if you're still throwing with the same power. So it it can make it somewhat of an equalizer, but I don't think it's gonna be as much factor uh in the overall uh game play. Okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean that, that's a kind of a big part of big part of the game is the pole. So I think that's a pretty big shift in a rule. I think, but it'd be it'd be interesting to see kind of what they do with that one. Yeah, I, you you can get to a point where teams are really blading the just blading the disc as much as possible, but yeah, that maybe that then they'll change it to something else if that's the case because then it's just going to be a bunch of rollers right yeah um so at the all-star game you were named the mvp of the of the game what was did that what did that mean to you did it mean anything in kind of a more of a you know a fun game or what was that like uh, uh... <laughs> I mean, it, it was cool to be recognized for it, but I actually had, I thought there were a couple other guys like Shepard or Mott where I get it. Um, so, but I guess the, the 32 for 32 was the, the big kicker. Hard to argue with that, but I mean, yeah, again, if, if everyone's an all-star, everyone probably is going to, put up numbers like that. So you got to pick someone yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it, it, overall it was, it was cool to, to get that award and uh, honestly represent Winchell with that uh, for that. That was sweet. Did did you get a trophy with that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Where's the, where's the trophy? Um, Is it hanging up? Uh, it's in, it's in our room. Nice. Uh, still need, still need to get it engraved. Mm. Uh, it can't, <laughs> Tent. They they bought it like 
that weekend or something like that. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember the whole story of of how they came about that trophy. So is that is that going to go on like the mantle or is what's happening to that one? Uh it's just I don't know yet because I, I need to still figure out what I'd like to do with a couple of other medals and stuff like that. Let's let's win the championship weekend and then he can figure out where to put all his hardware. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you a customized display case with everything. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Well, so you were you were saying that some of these other guys that you played with, you thought that some of them deserved that MVP as well. You know, which clearly, you know, you're a very humble guy, but. Do you ever feel like when you're out there with these guys that it's just this sort of experience for you? Do you ever feel like, I don't know, if you ever doubt yourself, you ever feel like, oh, these guys are better than I am? Or do you ever you just keep that cool? Do you still feel like, you know, I'm I'm that guy? Uh, I mean, when I'm on the field, I'm trying to be the best player that I can be. So, yeah, I don't really care if how, how people are. Uh, like, uh, in that All-Star game, I, I don't really I know how everybody's playing, but I'm trying to be the best player that I can be when I'm stepping onto that field. So here's a good segue to become the best player you can be. What, what do you do like before games or even in the off season now? I feel like it's kind of been, you, you kind of mentioned it's, it's been a busy off season for AUDL. Um, for you and like have you been training have you been kind of just resting these last few weeks what do you do to, to yeah i've uh so the i've i get i do um game point performance uh for all my training and workout regimen um been doing that for the past five years now um and it's basically after USA Ultimate Club Nationals, I took a week off, and then I was back into lifting, um, and lifting a couple times per week, and then doing a bunch of uh, other uh, cardio intervals or tempo training, um, and then I tried to not play ultimate specifically for at least a month or so. Um, so I haven't been mostly getting back to a couple of fundamentals, my throwing regimen where it's working on just either form critiques or uh, stuff I, or it's just stuff I need to work on from just the past season, uh, whether it be, uh, working on arounds or hooks or uh, just regular throws, um, and that's been it's been about it um, for uh, so far. Uh, as it kind of the at least this month, I'll start getting back into a couple of pickup games uh, around here. Um, playing in uh, a winter league here in Arkansas. Um, 
and getting a little bit more gameplay um, where it's uh, leading up to um, when we have tryouts in early February and then straight into mini camps. So very busy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Wait, I got I a, I got a quick question. Um, I know Ken's asking a question. He's got one next, but so do you, you signed with the windshield. Do you still have to go to tryouts or are you choosing to still go to tryouts or how does that work? Um, I skipped the, I'm skipping the open uh, tryout uh, and then going to the invite tryout. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I don't know. That's more of a, Felt the decision. I don't yeah. I really have too much of a say in that. I didn't know how that worked, I guess. I had to ask. <laughs> yeah, so with the offseason, obviously, you know, you're doing a lot of work. You're putting a lot of work in for Ultimate. Other than baking, I kind of want to notice, what do you do for fun? Like, what do you do to relax at the end of the day? Because like, if I was working your schedule, I would be beat. How do you unwind? Uh, it's a lot of yoga. Um kind of that was another thing I kind of was getting back into was uh, a lot of mobility work is where I kind of uh, unwind and then um, I enjoy coffee I walk my dog every once every once in a while Uh, but it's mostly just hanging out at home is how I unwind it's not really nothing too much outside of ultimate that I'm really doing. Yeah. All right. Another viewers at home are going to kick us. If we don't ask you this question, what kind of dog do you have? I have a four-year-old uh, Shiba and you mix with Australian cattle dog. So it's a very, very wiry, energetic dog. That needs <laughs> a lot of, a lot of exercise. Does your dog play Frisbee? Yeah, I mean, not like she'll she'll catch a frisbee. It's got to be. She's only twenty six pounds, so it's got to be oh. like it's got to be the frisbee's got to be like under a two feet level <laughs> to where she'll be able to catch it because she just doesn't want to jump. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for the day that Air Bud comes out, but for ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so before a game, then is there anything in particular that you do to, to prep or mentally or physically or anything? How do you get ready for a game? Uh, leading up to it, I'll usually, uh, kind of watch some film. Uh, if I kind of already know my matchup, um, which we usually got later in the week towards the closer to the game. Uh, and then it's mostly just mostly just relaxing because I usually will, if it's a home game, we'll fly up to the night before um, if it's a Saturday game and then just hang out at one of the houses I'm usually at uh, and then kind of just making sure we're well-rested uh, before 
going to get warmed up and get on, get in, get into our, uh, our game mode. Nice. So part of the, um, the goal of this project that we're doing when chill talk is what we're calling it is to grow the sport. Um, whether it's, you know, getting more players, you know, people playing the game or people in the stands or whatever. Um, so I guess, is there anything that you'd want to like tell fans or people who are interested in sports, like just about ultimate or windshield games or, you know, what would you want to want fans or listeners to know about the game? It's not the one with the chains uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would be the first thing. Um, I, I think it's just a, it's, it's a fast play paced game that I think everybody can follow easily. Uh, and uh, just, and it, it has exciting plays. Um, I, there's not really that much else to it. It's just there. It's fast paced and easy to watch. Yeah, for sure. For our listeners, our viewers, you heard it here. It's ultimate, ultimate, so fun. And you know, Abe has been. Uh, it's been so great watching him on the field. If you haven't seen a windshield game, definitely encourage you guys to come out and watch. Um, it's it's kind of the best of football, basketball, and soccer, plus with its own unique elements. Um, so I definitely hope we can get some more more people in the stands this year. More people even playing the game around the around the community. Um, Guys, do you have any other any other questions for Abe? No questions. This is uh, this has been great. Yeah, I just want to say a huge thank you oh, yeah. to Abe for joining the interview today. Anyone who's listening, if you're looking for other places where you can get some more windchill content, whether it be podcast articles or social media posts, anything like that, you can follow all of our social medias at Windchill Talk, and our website is just windchilltalk.com. We'll see you guys over there. Yeah. Abe, thanks for, for joining us tonight. It's been great. And definitely hope we can get you on soon again. Talk about your 2023 performances. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Stay chilly. <laughs>